Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Supreme Comics, the podcast. It hasn't been too long, which is good. I think it's been, what, a day or two? Uh, when did I post? I think Sunday. So, yeah, two days. Um, that's good. That's good for us. We've That's, that's actually really good for us. So, uh, yeah, today's episode is going to be um, about something something pretty useful that I've been gathering up information on over the past year. Um, so, let's get into it. So, we all love superheroes. Right, we all love them. If you're a ma- if you listen to Supreme Comics, I know you like superheroes. <laughs> I know you like superheroes, um, and comics. So we all love superheroes. We all love them and are inspired by them. But we've all asked ourselves just one question whenever we were doing super like doing stuff with superheroes. We've always asked that one question: How the fuck did this person figure come out come up with the idea of this guy? And that is what I am here to answer today. And one of the biggest references for people when they created superheroes is mythology. Mythology, man. Mythology helps everything. Mythology inspired uh, people to create this. Mythology, mythology inspired people to make these superheroes. And that is because just mythology like such mythology such as greek christian egyptian and norse norse is probably the biggest one which we'll be talking about today so um marvel is probably the most obvious when it came to stealing ideas marvel was the most obvious because i mean come on thor odin hella loki heimdall all of which is norse mythology Come on, like I, I'm pretty sure we all noticed that. That is that is the most um, easy one, easiest one to notice. I'm sorry, I'm using a trumpet case um, to hold my microphone. So it's uh, if you hear it like this, it's because I'm playing with a handle. <clears throat> so also my throat's kind of messed up. So yeah, we're gonna be talking about that. Egyptian is a little less known, but it's still pretty obvious. Uh, Christian is also extremely obvious. Christian and Norse are the most two obvious greek you might take might you might need to take to take do a little research to figure out the greek but like most of the greek mythology references you won't need to but some of it you would for example aquaman like that one might take a little bit of research but people like Ares, the amazons um hepatite or uh not hepatite i just combined i just combined it hephaestus and oh my god i literally just combined it hephaestus and Aphrodite, um, so that was my bad, um, so yeah, basically what it is, we're gonna be talking about it, so Thor in the comics is kind of like what Thor is in the MCU, if the only type of Norse mythology you know is from the MCU, then oh boy, are you in for one hell of a ride, because guess what, Loki, they change like hell, so, um, let's talk about that, shall we, so Loki is nothing like he is in the MCU or in Marvel at all. In Marvel, Loki is the brother of Thor and um, the son of Odin. Well, guess what? He is not. In Norse, he is like the enemy of Thor, I'm pretty sure. But also, I don't know, I don't really focus too much on Norse mythology. I mainly focus on Greek. Um, I haven't really focused too much on Norse. There isn't really any Roman uh, mythology 
There isn't really any Roman mythology references. At least I haven't discovered them yet. If there are, I'll make a part two on this. But um, Loki is uh, was really changed from Norse mythology. So in Norse mythology, Loki was um, married to a witch. Um, and he had a few kids. Uh, he had a few kids. So he had Fenrir, the giant wolf in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, you know that giant wolf that Bruce, that, um, not Bruce, that Hulk fought? Or, like, Hela's pet in Thor Ragnarok? You know that giant wolf? Yeah, that's Loki's son. Yeah. Uh, another one of his kids is, um, Jormungandra, uh, the world serpent, uh, the, the world's biggest serpent, I don't even know how his witch wife was able to give birth to that thing. It's like, it's like bigger than, I don't know. It's like, it's like bigger than the fucking lock of this monster. I don't know how you can do that. But yeah, she gave, that's, that's Loki's uh, kid. I don't know what, but, um, hell or Hella. Yeah. You know how in, um, Marvel, uh, Thor's sister is Hella. Loki's sister is Hella. <laughs> Guess what? No. In Norse mythology, it's actually his daughter, um, I don't get why you did that. Just makes it so weird. Like whenever I go to watch, um, whenever I go to watch Rag- Rag- Thor Ragnarok, I'm like, oh, it's Loki's sis, it's Loki's daughter. Weird. Yeah. So that that happens to you after you learn this. Um, and uh, Slyfner, Slyfner. I th- I think it's Slyfner. I have no idea how to pronounce any of this shit. Um, he is the eight legged horse. That's all it really is, an eight-legged horse. There's nothing really more to that. Um, but Odin apparently um, enslaved Fenrir um, and may- and the eight-legged horse. Uh, so, yeah, that's weird. Uh, what Odin did was he enslaved Fenrir and Sleifner, and he made them his own pets, which I think is considered animal abuse, <laughs> enslaving... like. Imagine enslaving your son's pets. It's just weird. Um, so yeah. So in Norse mythology, Hela is not um Thor and Loki's sister. It's actually Loki's daughter. So if they if Loki and Thor are still brothers in Norse mythology, um, instead of Hela going up to Thor and saying, Hello, brother, he goes, she would go up to him and go, Hello, uncle. Yeah, because uncle, Uncle Thor. <laughs> I just think Thor is an uncle. That'd be so weird. Um Next one that's mainly really, really obvious is Lucifer Morningstar. I don't even, I don't even have to explain why this is so obvious. I don't even have to. It, it's Lucifer. Like, is that all I have to say? Like, Lucifer Morningstar, the devil. That is so, like, I don't even, like, that's beyond obvious. That's like, you hear, wait, Lucifer's a DC character? Yeah. I, I thought he was a Christian character. Like, Everybody knows, even if you aren't Christian, that Lucifer is the devil. And, like, that's actually... The Lucifer one's probably more obvious than the Thor, Odin, eh, Loki, and... Than the, um... Than the Norse family with Thor and those people. The Lucifer one is more obvious. Like, Lucifer and Michael. Um, and those ones, those are probably more obvious. I think there are. Because, like, Lucifer, it's he's a devil. Like, do you... Do not expect, like, the first thing I heard when I was still learning about DC characters was like, wait, Lucifer, it's a DC character? Yeah. Okay, so apparently that's Bible-related. Um, Marvel did take some things from the Bible, like the one above all, but that is way, way less obvious than the presence. Because the presence is literally God. I mean, he even dresses like God. So, 
like Lucifer, that's definitely the most obvious one, 100%. Anybody, literally anybody could figure that out. Even if you have no idea anything about superheroes, you could still figure out that Lucifer is a, that Lucifer was stole was referenced, not stolen, reference from DC. I mean, from the Bible. So what else do I have to say? Oh yeah, John Constantine. That one's um that that one's not too hard, obviously, because like you know John Constantine 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 is like the devil of some sort. That's kind of like what it means. So um, also like John Constantine. If you've seen DC's Legend of Tomorrow or read comics, you know he's been from hell and back. Um, so he's very religious. He's a, he's an exorcist. I mean, come on, that 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 pretty makes sense. Um, I just said that pretty makes sense. Uh, next one is Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman wasn't necessarily taken from any mythology. Wonder Woman isn't necessarily in Greek mythology, but Diana Prince is, which is Wonder Woman's real name, so technically she is, but technically she's not. So confusing and confuzzled. I'm confused now. So, uh, yeah. Um, so Diana is the princess of the Amazons of the Themyscira. Sounds like Sounds like someone's trying to say, sounds like a drunk mom saying mascara. The mascara. <laughs> um, an all-female island nation, she travels to the man's world to use her God-given powers to make the whole planet a better place, known as Wonder Woman. You know, she joins the Justice League, stuff like that. I'm reading out of a DC book, not out of a Bible, so, um, yeah. So, basically, um, wait, did that just say Olympus? So, uh, she's kind of stolen from Greek, and... Kind of not. She's been, she was, Diana Prince was a princess given the powers by the gods of Mount Olympus. So she kind of is Greek, kind of is not. But, um, Ares is the god of war. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we all knew that. Like, I remember learning more about, I remember learning about DC and I'm like, wait, what? And someone goes, Ares, he's a DC character. I go, wait, is that the god of war? Uh, and that's, isn't that, that is, I'm pretty sure Ares is the, um, Greek god of war, and he is, um, very powerful god, uh, I don't have to get into detail, but yeah, Ares was one of them, now, I want to talk about Aquaman, Aquaman was one, um, Aquaman wasn't necessarily taken from Greek, but his idea was, um, you see, there are some people, like, for example, Thor and Odin and stuff, who literally don't even bother to change the name. That just proves how lazy Stan Lee was for some characters. He didn't even bother to change the name of the character. He just kept it, uh, Thor, nobody's gonna notice it's Norse. Um, Aquaman, they at least changed the name of Poseidon. Yes, Poseidon. Um, the Trident, the Trident of Neptune, Aquaman's Trident, is literally just... Poseidon's trident, but different. One of Aquaman's most famous lines actually is, feel Poseidon's wrath, or wrath. Uh, another one of Wonder Woman's lines is, um, Aphrodite forbids you. Um, but yeah, so those are just some lines that prove the Greek mythology. There's also a DC character called Artemis, but, um, she's more of a vigilante and not a, from the gods. I mean, Artemis is the goddess of the hunt, and there's two Artemises in um, DC, there's Artemis, Green Arrow's, um, Green Arrow sidekick after Speedy, and then there is Artemis, the goddess of the hunt, which that one was, like, Stan Lee, and they were just lazy, and they didn't bother to change anything, um, but Aquaman was taken from Poseidon, you see, the trident, like I said, was Poseidon's, um, Aquaman is not necessarily the god, you see, Poseidon is the god of the seas, 
right? Poseidon is the god of the seas. Aquaman is not. Aquaman's the king of Atlantis, so they did change a bit up. They took they took Poseidon, and they go, oh, we're not going to make him a god. We're going to make him a king. And instead of being the king of the seas, they made him king of Atlantis, which, I mean, he kind of also is the king of the seas, but still. So Aquaman takes a lot of references from Poseidon, but um, he's not necessarily Poseidon. Poseidon is my favorite Greek god, by the way. I'm going to do a lot of episodes about Poseidon. So um, expect those for the near future. Um, who is next on our list? Ah, yes, Dr. Fate. Um, you may be wondering, Max, what the hell, Dr. Fate? Uh, yes, Dr. Fate, because ever heard of, um, ever heard of Naboo? Yeah, Naboo. Um, Naboo is, a kind of, like, uh, Naboo's kind of like, how do I say this? Naboo is kind of like Egyptian mythology, but he's not really, you see? Um, Dr. Fate resembles a lot from Egyptian mythology, which includes... Um, who he is, because we all heard of Osiris, right? We know who Osiris is, and Osiris, and, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm forgetting his name, sorry, uh, Anubis, also known as Anubis. Does that ring a bell, the amulet of Anubis? Um, that amulet is, how do I say this? Uh, the amulet of Anubis is, or the amulet of Anubis is Anubis's amulet. Um, and Anubis is the god of, I think, I think the god of the under, no, wait, Anubis is the god of mummification, I think. Osiris is the Egyptian god of death, and, uh, what's his name, uh, who, he's the god of, uh, Osiris is the god of the underworld, so I think Anubis is the god of the death. Um, so, yeah, and the amulet of Anubis, and the thing about the amulet of Anubis is it, on it, it has a symbol called Inaka, an Anka, which is a thing that Anubis, or Anubis, on the amulet of Anubis, holds the Anka, which has an image of that, which is the thing that um, Anubis, or Anubis, would always hold. Um, so yeah, Dr. Fate actually resembles a lot from Egyptian mythology, because Naboo is an Egyptian god, and he was found in an Egyptian temple. By Kent Nelson, Doctor Fate. Um, so yeah, it's pretty crazy actually how much Doctor Fate resembles Egyptian mythology, because you know the Anka on Doctor Fate is the same Anka on Anubis, and the Amulet of Anubis, or the Amulet. You see, the thing is, they made it, the Amulet of Anubis, so they didn't completely seem like they took it from Egyptian mythology, but you could still tell they did if you did the research. I remember doing so much research on this. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, that was literally my, that was literally my reaction. I literally freaked out. Um, so yeah, um, Dr. Fate was taken from, uh, what's it called? It was taken from the Egyptian mythology, which kind of pisses me off because I love Dr. Fate so much that it's like, oh, it was a copy of Egyptian mythology. Great. That's amazing. Great. Great to hear, guys. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's Dr. Fate for you. Um, he's pretty much a copy from, uh, Egyptian mythology. So, um, Heimdall. Heimdall is kind of, actually, yeah, he 100% is. Heimdall is, how do I say this? Uh, he's the keeper of the Bifrost. Um, he protects the Bifrost. I'm sorry, that was a hell of a voice crack right there. He protects the Bifrost, which, um, also protects Asgard. You see, he protects the Bifrost in both 
um, Marvel and Marvel and what's it called? Um, Marvel and uh, Norse mythology. Sorry, I get a lot of things messed up. That's the problem being a podcaster. You have to balance all your shit together. Um, now let's talk about um some other. Let's talk about more. Let's get more into the copycats. So um, first is Zeus and Superman. How they're so much alike. So the ruler of the sky with um nigh unlimited power. Perhaps one of the most obvious entities on this list. But that doesn't make the comparison any less appropriate. Both Superman and Zeus are born leaders, the most powerful of their respective groups. Superman is often thought as godlike, the alien deity who has become incredibly protective of his adoptive home. Like Zeus, Superman Superman dons a disguise that he may walk among the mortals and see what his life is like on the ground. But both are much more at home in the sky, soaring above us like the gods they are. You see, the thing is, they they both their origins are like. Um, <clears throat> this is gonna sound awkward, but Kronos, Zeus's father, would eat his children. You see, Uranus, Zeus's um, Kronos's father. Um, Kronos became more powerful than his father, Uranus, and Kronos was scared that his son would become more powerful than him. So what Kronos did was he would swallow his children. Yeah, so that includes he just so Kronos swallowed Poseidon. And if it wasn't for Zeus, Poseidon wouldn't exist. Poseidon would still be in Kronos' stomach. So what the, what um, Kronos' wife did, I think, what Kronos' wife, Hera, or Reha, uh, I think it's Hera, or Rhea, sorry. What Kronos' wife, he, Rhea, did was she took um, the, uh, what's his name, the youngest child, Zeus, and booted him over the island, just booted him across the world so that... Kronos wouldn't eat him. Um, that's kind of like Superman, how he was booted across the universe, um, <clears throat> so that he didn't die. Kind of, they're two pretty alike. Then we have, now we have Hades and Batman. Um, the Dark Prince, preferring underground quarters with the unimaginable wealth. As Hades is the dark brother of Zeus, so too is Batman, the dark dark counterpart of Superman. Like Hades, Batman makes his home underground and a significant part of his power comes from his riches. Hades is very rich. The aspects in particular perhaps make Batman more like Pluto, the Roman version of Hades. But we'll table that that for a moment. It mostly because um all um Roman mythology is kind of just a remake of Greek mythology. It's all kind of copied. They all kind of copy each other. Um because you know Greece many Romans were inspired by Greece because Greece came first. Um, it's hard not to think of Batman as ruling the underworld of the DC universe. Um, that's mainly Lucifer saying, um, deciding the ultimate fate of the man's souls. Additionally, Batman is often found on the outside of the Justice League circle, a member of no one quite trusts, uh, much like Hades and his Olympic family. So, yeah, no one can really trust Batman too much. Um, next, once again, we have Poseidon and Aquaman. Guys... This the Poseidon and Aquaman and the Doctor Fate and Anubis. I just cannot stress and put down enough. Trust me, we will be talking about that one for a long time. The Poseidon and the Doctor Fate one, the one, the uh, Aquaman and Doctor Fate. We're gonna be talking about that for a very long time. So strap in because shit is about to get real in the next episode. <laughs> 
Um, okay, you knew this one was coming. It's actually harder to find the difference between Poseidon and Aquaman, considering the former is one of the main inspirations for the later. The ruler of the Seven Seas able to command the ocean and its inhabitants. They both even have the same weapon of choice, the trident. Perhaps the main dif- difference between the two is while Poseidon is one of the three most powerful of the Olympian gods, Aquaman is sometimes a joke. I guess it goes to show that the ancient Greeks thought that it, it was able that it, the ability to talk to fish was a lot cooler than we do. Uh, that we kind of think of the ability to talk to fish as a joke, but you know, actually, the Greeks thought they were too cool for that. The Greeks be like, talk to fish? Who the fuck needs to talk to fish? We'll just make uh, Poseidon the god of the seas. That's all I really need. Seriously, Poseidon at full power is like equally as strong as Zeus. So, pretty good. Um, Hera and Wonder Woman, the protector of the family and tradition. So, putting aside the whole warrior aspects of the Amazon warrior for a moment, Wonder Woman is really... Um, about uh, traditions for her people. She fiercely defends her home and her family. Probably the main thing she would disagree with Hera about this whole thing, needing a good man thing. Although she does not find herself paired with Superman as much as Steve Trevor. So then again, maybe or not, at any rate, both were effectively mother of their respective groups and react quite fiercely um, if any number of her family were attacked. Um... We heard anything? That was a text message. Um, yeah, people interrupt me when I like to do this stuff. So now we have Artemis and Artemis. Wow, what a fucking surprise for that. That's a surprise. Um, sorry, I'm if my audio sounds different. I'm putting my um mouth towards the microphone a little bit more so I can read this um script. Um, the young maiden and hunter who prefers the knight and the bow. Um, the only, this one felt a bit too obvious, um, but in light of the successor of Young Justice, I really couldn't resist. I love Young Justice. True, the one lives up to her, um, namesake quite purposefully, um, but the fact that Artemis is a goddess and usually portrayed as being young was an important factor in this choice. Now, the name change, the name change, right, um, like the Lucifer and Lucifer, Thor and Thor, Odin and Odin, they didn't bother changing the name. Um, none of the adult members of the Justice League felt right in the position, and honestly, why would I even consider anyone else with the choices? Is so clear. Um, Ares and Hawkman. Um, Ares, yes, Ares and Hawkman. Ares, the god of war. Yeah. Um, all he knows is war, and he eventually sees conflict. Um, all of all the members of the Justice League of America, Hawkman is perhaps the one with a bit of warmongering stake to him. He releases battle uh, much more than other than the others. With his weapon of choice is a deadly mace. <laughs> no wonder he's often seen as more of a warrior than a peacekeeper. He has a fucking mace as his choice of weapons. What is he slash from Ninja Turtles? <laughs> or but that's that's like having an overpowered D and D character. Um, in addition, both have quite the complicated love life, although for very different reasons. Um, but it would not be your night to say that each has eternal love, despite the warlike natures. Um, got, um, Hepatitis, oh, fuck. I mean, Hephaestus, sorry. Hephaestus and Green Lantern, um, creates tools and weapons beyond imagination. So, um, Hephaestus, um, is the inventor of the gods, or not is the inventor of the gods, inventor for the gods. He's the one who builds, um, who built wonders like the lightning bolt. Like, Zeus's lightning bolts, um, what's his, he built, uh, how do I say this, uh, Hephaestus literally built Zeus's lightning bolts, 
Poseidon's trident, and uh, the cool robotic spiders. Okay, so the spiders aren't exactly in the myths, but still. Um, like Hephaestus, Green Lantern's only limits is his imagination. If he can think of it, he can make it. While Lantern may not play the role of weapon supplier like Hephaestus, he very well could. And it'll be a tough call to say which actually makes the better sword. Who actually makes a better sword? Because, um, like I said, um, Hephaestus is the god of blacksmiths. He can make anything, and so can Green Lantern. They both can make anything in the universe with their imagination. Um. So now we're on to Apollo and Green Arrow. Um, an archer of unmatched skill with a bit of rebellious stake and a love of song. I feel like it'd be better if we did um, Apollo and uh, Hawkeye, but I guess we're going with Green Arrow because well, why the fuck not? So aside from the obvious archery connection, this pair both are going against the grain of time. Uh, or from time to time, you know. Apollo was never exactly the best behaved of Zeus's children, often running and chasing nymphs <laughs> when he shouldn't have been. Um, yeah, because nymphs are, like, the hottest creatures in all mythology. I didn't quote that. My friend did. Um, Green Arrow, on the other hand, has made a reputation for himself as an arch- as an, um, archist, uh, or an archer, whatever you want to say, and orconalist, um, communist. Yeah. Um, but still, the most important thing is that these two wield their bows with impeccable accuracy, and one can imagine Ollie is decent enough to sing. Right? Um... Now we have, uh, what should we do, uh, um, Dionysus and Martian Manhunter, the lover of wine and parties, uh, okay, um, yeah, never mind, forget this, uh, we're doing Hermes and the Flash, um, a trickster and messenger, um, with quick, with, with a quick feat, um, Hermes and the Flash are both known for their speed, able to run, Faster than any other. The Greek speedster heavily influenced the original Flash costume. Um, and he still retains nods and winged feet and ears in modern, you know, incarnations. Um, in addition, both Flash and Hermes are prone um, to a bit mischief and are quick with a joke and than they are with anything as they are with anything else. Um Yeah, that's all I really have to say for this. I sorry this episode was longer than usual. It's about gods and stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be long. So, bye, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Expect more of mythology and superhero-related content later and later in the year. Um, Merry Christmas. I know it's not Christmas. I'm going to be saying that at the end of every episode. Bye, guys. Uh, and remember, uh, study Greek mythology. It's actually very interesting.